Uh, this week and these last few days particularly, I've been thinking about some scriptures uh, in the book of Ephesians. So if you have your Bibles with you here this morning and you want to turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 2. Again, you can turn over to the book of Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, when you read the book of Ephesians as a whole, it's Paul and his letter and his writing here is about how to have a complete relationship and a close relationship with Christ and also how to have one with each other. So again, I, you're going to see that, that Paul in his letter to the people of Ephesus that he wants them to have a relationship with each other uh, but also to have a relationship, uh, a, a very close relationship with Christ. So again, if you've got your Bibles and you want to turn over to the book of Ephesians chapter 2. And as you're turning over there, uh, I, I was reminded this week about uh, the amazement of, of ducks. And if you don't know much about ducks and their nature, they have what they call an imprint nature. Which just simply means this. If a duck hatches and a duck is born and it sees a cat or a dog or whatever before it sees its mom, that duck thinks it's a cat. That duck will see a dog and all of a sudden for the longest time the duck thinks he's a dog. And the whole imprint nature is, is that it is a creature that is born that is molded by what it sees. You and I today, let's think about that as human beings. If we were to act like what we saw, what would we be like? This morning, I want you to think our title would be Without Christ. When you let the world be your example... You're going to be like a duck that's walking like a, a, a cat. Maybe a duck that has imprinted its image or its nature after a, a dog or something else. You see, these ducks look at another being and realize that's not who they are. Folks, we are spiritual beings in earthly, physical bodies. Folks, if you don't believe in a spiritual being, I pray that God would shake you to your deepest core because there is a spirit about us. There is a soul about every one of us. Now, not everybody believes in that. And we'll talk about atheism in just a little bit. But I want you to see today, are we those creatures that we imitate our lives after what we see? Or is it after what we feel? Or even more so, God's Word. The book of Ephesians, chapter 2. Paul is going to tell us a picture of what a person is like when they imitate Maybe there's sinful nature all around them. Ephesians chapter 2, and let's skip down to about the 12th verse. Now as we read these two verses, Paul is going to bring, and matter of fact, he says it in the 11th verse. He says, wherefore, remember. You know, before I read into the 12th verse, I want to tell you something that's interesting. Your body and your mind has a way that it can block out traumatic offense in your life. It just kind of blocks it out. It replaces it. Or even there, there's, there's tactics that we might say that we can try to forget events in our life. I pray this day that we would not try to block out or forget what it's like to be lost. Sometimes we get too comfortable in our lives of being a Christian and going to heaven that we forget what it was like to be lost and separated, alienated from the citizenship and the relationship with Christ. What is our life without Christ? He says, verse 12, that at that time, 
Every child of God ought to stand up this day and raise your hand and say, Thank you, God, that it's not at this time. It was in a time that is behind me. If you're here this morning and you've never been saved by the grace of God, you may be currently living in that time. In that time when you act like those that you see or you act like the world by which we dwell in. And you know, the scriptures are very plain that we might be in this world, but we are not to be of this world. The duck sometimes doesn't know any difference. It's going to see a cat or a dog or a cow and it's going to try to act like that if it's the first thing it sees because it's an imprint that is put upon that very being. You and I this morning, can we say, and I pray that every soul here today can say that at that time, being a time that is behind us, but if you've never been saved, I pray that this might be the day that you can say, I remember that time. That time what? Ye were without Christ. Folks, every one of us ought to cringe and clasp our hands and say, God, you mean to tell me there are people without you in this world? Folks, they're all around us. I even wonder every service when we come together, Lord, how many people are without you in their life? I'm going to tell you something. If you don't have me in your life, I'll even go as far as to say you're going to be perfectly fine, but you are not fine to be without Christ in your life. Notice what he says, that at that time, being a time that's past, you were without Christ. Can you relate to this? You were aliens. From the commonwealth of Israel, you felt like you did not belong. Strangers from the covenants of promise, singular, the covenants of promise, the promise is a singular promise, having no hope and without God in the world. You know, just the other day, right here in our, our communities, it would have been a bad situation for somebody to be out in shorts and a t-shirt in the cold driving snow and cold winds that we had. Folks, not even to compare to that, what is it like for people to be out in the sinful elements of this world without Christ? Yet they are. Should we be concerned and alarmed that there are people today without Christ? They follow after the first thing that they see and what they imitate. And we see here that they are without Christ. I believe at the very top or the very peak or the very head of all of our misery that we can have in this life. And by the way, I'm going to say this. This world has a lot of things that will hurt you. There are circumstances that will hurt you. There are situations that will hurt you. But out of all the things in life that hurt there is nothing more superior than being without Christ. I can tell you a lot of dark times in my life, and I'm sure you've got some dark hours in your life, but I believe this today. There's no darker moment than being without Christ. You may be sitting in that very moment today, and without Christ, you are in the darkness. You see, Christ is a light. We're not in darkness, and that's why he said that you were without Christ. You see, today my heart goes out to people that are living in this very condition without Christ. Sometimes I just want to ask the question, what is the benefit or what do you gain from not having Christ? I didn't say what's the consequences. I said, what do you gain from not having Christ? Let's stop right there and let's ask this. If we see a person out on a cold winter day without a coat, we can give them a coat. What do you do when you see people without Christ in their life? Folks, you have to give them not just something, but you have to give them what they need. 
You see today, if somebody's cold, we, uh, they're not going to benefit so much from giving them a cup of ice that they can chew on. If they're cold, they need warm. If they're thirsty, they need water. If they're hungry, they need meat. And Jesus talks about there were people, he said, uh, that, that, that have needs in their life and you supply their needs with what they needed. But you see this morning, that yet there are people today that, as Paul said, that at that time, ye were without Christ. How many people in this world don't have Christ in their life and they're okay with that? I just sometimes want to go up and shake them and say, do you really want to live your life without Christ? And then I want to shake them a little more and say, you do not want to die death without Christ. Folks, today without Christ, there's a lot of things you can accomplish, but you cannot enter into heaven without Christ. And that's going to be in our reading that we're going to read here in just a minute. The blood of Jesus is what you need. But listen to what he said. Paul is recollecting here. He said, he says that there was a time that you were without Christ. What a situation, what a, what a circumstance that people are in today without Christ. Have you ever seen somebody that's going through something and they didn't realize that they were missing maybe something really, really important? Uh, you know what today, folks, uh, uh, how sad it is for people to try to live their life and yet be like Paul is. They were without Christ. But let's keep reading here just a little bit more if we can. He says, you were, by the way, there's a difference in those that used to versus those that are not. We that were, are saved, we were without Christ. You that are not saved, you are without Christ. But notice what he says, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise. You see, the Ephesians... The people of Ephesus here, the Ephesians here, they were mostly a a Gentile people. Which meant that they didn't have any direct line or connection like the Jews did. But here's where Jesus is going to distinguish something in just a minute. He's going to tell tell the Jews and the Gentiles that they all were in need of Him in their life. Now, we've got people that are religious people. They're raised in church, they're born in church, but you know what? They might be... Uh, like a Jew and have that, that, that I don't want to say an automatic relationship, but they have that, that exposure, but they still need to be born again. But you know what? I believe whether you're Jews or Gentiles, we all stand in need of Christ. He said here that you, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. He said, there's two things I want you to notice what he said here. He says, being aliens from the commonwealth of of Israel. You see, these Gentiles were not welcomed by the Jews. They weren't welcome. They didn't want them there. Paul said, you remember a time in your life when you were not a part of those that were a part of the family of God? You know what? I can remember being separated from God. We talked about this, I believe, in Sunday school a little bit. But you know, there's a difference in being outside of the family of God and watching what goes on and being a part of the family of God. Is it possible for people to be content without being in the family of God? And that's a very deep question. Folks, today I thank God that not only do I get to see the work of the family of God and the work the church does, I thank God I'm a part of it. Born again, child of God, and a member of His church that gets to work and labor for Him. Notice what he says, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. You see, there was a time in their life when they were separated from God. Pause for just a minute. Let me turn back to the book of Hebrews, if I may, for just a minute. Hebrews chapter 3. 
When we say alienated from God. How many of you here this morning can remember a time in your life when you were alienated from God? Or matter of fact, I'll even go as far as to say this. Is there anybody here this morning that can honestly tell yourself that you currently are alienated from God? So when we say without Christ, what does it mean to be alienated from God? Hebrews chapter 3. And let me skip on down to the 14th verse. Alienated from God means to be shut out. Shut out. That means you know you're on the outside. You are shut out. Hebrews 3 and verse 14 says this. For we are made partakers of Christ. If we hold, notice what he says. He says, uh, for if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end, while it is said, today, if you will hear the voice, harden not your hearts, as if in provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke. Howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. So here's what he said. He said, you mean to tell me that people can hear the same voice, some are going to heed it and some are not. You know what I've learned? It doesn't matter whether it's a large congregation or a small congregation. A large audience or a small audience, that there are two people that can hear the exact same message. One is going to respond and one's going to turn it away. There's one that's going to be shut out uh, because they didn't listen and there's one that's going to be let in because they did listen. Are you without Christ today? And is it because you don't have the invitation or is it because you wouldn't heed that invitation? That's two total different things. If you've not received an invitation, that's one thing. If you decline the invitation, that's a total different ballgame, folks. If you have been invited and the Spirit of God has drawn you, then you can hear that same thing. For notice what happened. For he says, But whom it was grieved forty years, was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear that he should not enter into that rest, but to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Folks, when they were shut out, the shut out was not because of what God did. The shut out was because of their unbelief in God. Folks, you can stand up and you can proclaim all day long that Jesus is coming soon. If you don't repent and get saved, you're going to split hell wide open. And you know what? There's absolutely no concern. Well, preacher, I think you've got it wrong. We serve a loving God. Folks, hell is filled full of people today that believe in the truth. There are people today that have heard, and then there are people that have believed and gotten saved. Here, what we're seeing is, is that they, got, they, they are uh, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and the reason that they were, uh, were shut out is because they would not believe. You see what? Every Sunday when we come together, it's not about me reading you some scripture and, and preaching what God lays on my heart, and you can either believe or not believe what Scott has to say. It's about do you believe God's word? You see, today, if you want to follow after people and follow after their ways, then you're like the duck. As soon as it's born, it's just going to start walking after the first thing that it sees. But you see, today, we shouldn't be molded by the world. We need to be molded by Christ. Molded by His Word and what He says. And we need to believe the world. Oh, that's just not believable. Is there anything in the Bible that you want to read about that's not believable? Well, there's nothing in the Bible I don't believe. I believe it's all true, and I believe all of these things happen. But notice what he said, being aliens from the commonwealth 
of Israel. And the reason is because they would not believe. That's what he said right there. But notice what he says in our text. Strangers from the covenant of promise. You see, a lot of times the Gentiles didn't have the promises the Jews did. But they still had that same opportunity to get saved. You know, every one of us, we have different walks of life. And you may say, no, preacher, we're all quite a bit alike. Uh, I believe that we have these opportunities we have of the promise of God. Notice what he says there. Strangers from the covenant of promise. What is the promise of God? Well, if you'll turn back just for a little bit to the book of Galatians. What are these promises that we read? Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, and let's ease on down about the 14th verse. What are the promises of God? That the blessings of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. Wait a minute, preacher. The, the Gentiles didn't have the same access that the Jews had. They do get that same right, and it's because of Jesus. Now, I want you to listen to what he said. You may think this morning that you're a Gentile, that you're not entitled to being saved. You are through Jesus Christ. Without Jesus Christ, we would all go to hell. But listen to what he said here. He says that the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak not after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant, Yet if it be a, a, a confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth thereto. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. You see, a lot of times the Jews felt like they had that inheritance. But he said, this is going to be for the Gentiles too. He saith not, and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. You see, this, this promise of God. That's what he talks about, the promise, these covenants. And it actually comes down to that promise, singular promise. Folks, that promise of God has been good throughout all the ages. It's not like it's going to change or it's going to be modified. But he says, uh, strangers from the covenant of promise. Let's skip on just a little bit more. Read you in our text here. Notice what he says. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel... Strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope. Before the people of Ephesus were saved, they had no hope. I want to ask you something today. What is your life like without hope? You ever had a time in your life where you didn't have hope? What about for those of us that are saved? Is there a time in our life where we have that hope? Let's turn it over to the book of uh, Titus for just a minute. The book of Titus, if you want to turn over there and let's read this. There was a time when we didn't have hope. But let's read what it's like to have that now. For you that have never been saved, I want to tell you what you don't have. For those of us that are saved, I want a reminder of what you do have. Let me read to you this, what he says. Titus 2 and 13 said, Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. You see today, Paul did not put his faith or his confidence in the situation and the circumstances that were surrounding him. They were in the coming of Jesus Christ. Let me ask you this. Let's just get world events for just a minute. Let's pull those to the forefront. 
Does anybody here find confidence and, 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 and peace in all the situation and the circumstances surrounding our world? Absolutely not. But I'll tell you where we find our hope in. It's not in the condition of our economy or anything else, folks. Our hope is in the coming of Jesus Christ. Folks, I want to tell you, and I've told you before, I'm going to tell you again. Jesus is coming again. Folks, he's coming back. I have no doubt with inside of me, Jesus is coming back. And here, notice what Paul said. He said, looking for that blessed hope. Do you know what was going on with Paul when he wrote that? He was about to die at the sword of Nero. And he said, you know what? No matter how rough and how bad these circumstances surrounding me are, he said, I'm still looking to our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what? For those of you that are here today, if our hope was based on the circumstances we were in, how miserable would we be? Folks, our hope is not in this world. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. So when we say in the very beginning, without Christ, if we don't have Christ, then we have to put our hope in everything around us. Everything from our jobs to the economy to our health, we have to put our confidence in these things. And all of these things fail us, but Christ never does. And notice what he says there. He says, looking for that blessed hope. What is this blessed or happy hope uh, that we have? And you know what today? Uh, that's where the joy of it comes in. We're never going to be disappointed by God. But he says, the glorious appearing of the great God and our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Do you believe he's coming back again? Notice what he said here, that glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Folks, the first time Jesus came, he was born in a manger or in a cave. Matter of fact, he was born just like an animal. I believe that he lived a very sacrificial life. And I believe he died a very sacrificial death. I don't believe Jesus is coming back the same way next time, folks. I believe he's coming back in the clouds. Do you believe in that? Do you believe that He's coming and the Bible says that He's bringing His reward with Him? Are you looking for the coming of Jesus? Or do you believe it's not going to happen so you're not going to look? The Scripture says, blessed are those that do look for that. And you and I today, are we looking for that coming? He says, the glorious appearing of the great God. I believe that His coming, that He's going to come back the next time. It's going to be far different than what it was the first time. It's going to be different. He says, the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Folks, this is not just someone coming back. It is God. It's Jesus, folks. It's not just our family and our friends that we all long to see. It's Jesus. Jesus the Christ. And notice what he's saying here. The great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Acts in the fourth chapter of the twelfth verse says, Neither is there salvation and any other. For he says, There is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Folks, I believe the coming of Christ is going to be a glorious day. Do you believe in that? I believe it's going to be a glorious day. It's not going to be for those that are saved. But even if for those that don't know Him, they too, He's going to get glory out of them. And the reason is, God is going to get glory. Christ, when He comes back, notice what He says. He says that glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. He's not going to be humiliated. I believe he's going to be glorified in what he does. But let's read in our text for just a minute in Ephesians. Hope you kept that place marked. Notice what he says in the end part of that 12th verse. 
without God in the world. A lot of people don't have a problem with being without God. You could probably sit here and name all the place God's been banned from. I'm not here to get into that part of it, but folks, God's been banned from a lot of places. But I'll tell you one place He's not banned, and that's from the heart. Is He banned from your heart? How awful would it be for somebody to stand up and say, you mean you won't let God in and fill in the blank? Whether it's in the courtrooms, the classrooms, or in our, 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 our event, whatever it is. But you know what? For people that's not saved, how sad it is that they won't even let Him in their own life. And notice what He said. Having no hope and without God in this world. What a terrible life to live to say without God in the world. You know what happens a lot of time when people die? We talk about all that they had. Or maybe what all that they've uh, accomplished. Or all the things that they've done in their life. But you know what? One thing that we don't want to mention. And the reason why we understand the severity of it. What about people that live their life without God? Folks, they don't want to do that. And I pray that there's nobody here that, that, that we're, they, we're going to stand in front of you uh, after in your lifeless body and say, they were without God. Folks, today, I hope you've got God in your life. I hope everybody does. For he says, without God in the world. You see, without God is what the, we get. If you look it up in the Greek language, it's a theos, which is where we get from atheists. You may say today, I believe in God. I'm not asking you to believe in God with your mind. Have you believed in God in your heart? And there are people, he said, that were without God. For notice what he said here in the 13th verse. Now you have to remember, and we've talked about the Gentiles a little bit. The Gentiles, they had an outer section of the court that was not near God. You know, some people feel like that they're going to be separated from God. But now in Christ Jesus, Paul's talking about all the things he used to have. You may be here lost this morning and this is the way that we can put in the rear view mirror in that 2020 hindsight the things that used to be but now in Christ Jesus. Notice what he said. Christ Jesus. You remember what we read a while ago just a minute where it says there is no other name uh, whereby you must be saved. That's Acts. And the fourth chapter teaches us that there is no other name. But he says there but now in Christ Jesus. Ye who sometimes were afar off. There's a simple question I want to ask you today. Why do you need to be saved? Present tense. For you that are saved, why did you need to be saved? Because you were far off. You know, we talk about relationships and how they get distanced and how we just kind of get afar from each other and we drift apart. Folks, today, it's one thing to drift apart from people in your life, but you do not need to be afar off from God. We think about uh, the Scripture in the book of Isaiah, chapter 53 and verse 6. It says, All we, like sheep, have gone astray. Folks, today, the last thing the sheep needs to do is to get away from the shepherd. What happens when the sheep's away from the fold? They're exposed to harm. The wolf, they got danger. Oh, no, they're not the predator, they're the prey. Folks, today this world out there wants to devour us. If we are without Christ, we're like what Isaiah says, all we like sheep have gone astray. What does sin do for you in your life? I'll tell you the answer to that. It gets you far from God. Sin today will get you far from God. 
Do you repent of those sins? If we're saved, do we repent? God, keep me close to you. Or do we just say, Lord, just, just let it go. And we just builds and builds and builds. And he says, ye who sometimes were afar off. You see, that's not a good place for people to be, far off. But he said here, again, notice what he said here. Made nigh by the blood of Christ. Afar off, nigh. Do you see there's a gap that happens right here? He said, afar off, and he said, now you're no longer far off. He said, you're nigh. How, are you, how does that happen? How does a person go from being far away from God to being close to God again? How does that happen? Do they start living right? Maybe they started going to church and they started uh, giving offerings to the church. Maybe that, that, that people can get closer to God by, by giving their offerings to church. Maybe people get closer to God by, by going out of here and helping those that are in need. And you know what? I'm going to... We're going to bypass all the scenarios there. Folks, you can do all these things. The Bible says the only way we can get back into fellowship with God is the blood of Jesus Christ. And I'll say that again. The only thing that can take you from afar off with God to near God is the blood of Jesus Christ. This gospel that you and I preach, it is a very, very bloody gospel that we preach. But you know what, folks, without the shedding of blood, not the donating or the giving, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Without Christ, folks, we would all be lost. Without Christ, we couldn't see the sunrise knowing that no matter what this day holds, everything's going to be all right. Without Christ, we would be afar off, or that's what he said. He, ye who were uh, sometimes were far off, made nigh by the blood of of Christ. First John, let me read you a verse if I can. First John chapter 1 and verse 7 says this. The blood of Jesus Christ, it says that cleanseth us from all sin. You know what I believe in today? The blood of Jesus Christ is not going to just fix certain people that's got some minor problems. Folks, I believe today, no matter how big the problems are, no matter how far the gap is between you and God, He can reconcile that. But notice what He says here. Are made nigh. I want to word that a little bit different. Problem solved. Are you far off from God? You can be made nigh. For those of you that are saved, do you remember a time in your life when you were far off from God? And you know what? The Spirit of God made you nigh again. He says, are made nigh. You see, the Gentiles, they were far off in the outer court. God doesn't want us far off in the outer court. He wants us nigh and in His presence. Folks, are you nigh to God this morning? Are you nigh unto Him and in His presence? Or are you satisfied being away from God? I can tell you again, you can look at this world, and this world, if God is in one place, the world will lead you totally away from God. The duck sometimes when it sees a dog or a cow or a cat for the first living being that it sees, it's going to follow after what it sees, even though that's not who He is or what it is. It's about God. And you see, for you and I here this morning, do we see that God is able to draw us away from the things of the world so that we're no longer afar from Him, but that we have become nigh. And it's all by the blood of Christ. This morning, what's your life? What was your life without Christ? I hope that's a question for everybody here. But if you've not been saved, then I want to ask you a different question.
What is your life currently like without Christ? You do not have to stay afar off. You can be brought nigh. But you've got to have the blood of Jesus. The availability of his blood is not going to get you to heaven. It's the applying of his blood. Today, folks, is that blood of Jesus been applied to you. I want us to get a song if we could this morning.